Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Welcome to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. Plum, I'm a little disappointed. Why? Because we're doing a show about pumpkins yeah. and your hair is not orange. Oh, I know. It's the faded purple pink. I, I I should have done pumpkin orange for you, but I didn't. I apologize. Well, you know, there's always next year. Always. <laughs> In case you listeners have not gleaned, we are live from our fabulous studio at Gateway Community College in New Haven, Falls in full effect. It really is. The leaves look beautiful driving Gorgeous. here today. I, I even stopped and got a pumpkin spice drink for myself. I was feeling very fallish. And what do you think of that pumpkin spice drink? It is fantastic. Okay, he's lying through his teeth. Listen, <laughs> Halloween is right around the corner. Uh, and we're thinking about pumpkins. We're talking about pumpkins. Do you have a favorite way to add pumpkin to your cooking? Because we'd love to hear about it. Call us at 203 776 9677 and join our conversation. Ahead on Seasoned, we'll talk to a food scientist who demystifies the flavor of pumpkin spice for us. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk to an assistant manager and barista from Doro Marketplace and Cafe in West Hartford about the, you know, enduring popularity of pumpkin spice coffee. Pumpkin spice coffee. I often wonder about the pumpkin spice and the pumpkin spice coffee, so I'm glad we're going to have a a food scientist. Uh, And then later on the show, a friend who is near and dear to you, a local pumpkin farmer, joins us from Castle Hill Farm in Newtown. But before we get to all of that, Plum. Well, I spoke to our first guest via Zoom, Mm -hmm. Maggie Mahalchek. She's a registered dietitian and creator of the website Once Upon a Pumpkin. She's the author of The Great Pumpkin Cookbook, and it's safe to say is the biggest pumpkin fanatic we've ever met. Maggie, welcome to Seasoned. Thanks so much for having me. Happy October. Now, Maggie, let's talk about your pumpkin credentials really quick, if that's a thing. You have a pumpkin blog devoted to pumpkins. You have two pumpkin cookbooks, an Instagram filled with pumpkin recipes. You incorporate pumpkins into workouts. You have a dog named Pumpkin. I mean, did I miss anything here? Do you have a hamster, too? No hamster, just the dog named Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> now, why pumpkins? What brought you to this weird place of pumpkin obsessiveness? Yeah, so, you know, looking back, I had always loved fall. Growing up, just was a fan of dressing up for Halloween, just enjoying the season. And I really started finding all sorts of different pumpkin flavored foods when they first came out. And I thought that was so interesting how this flavor was really taking off. Um, You know, right around the time Starbucks had their drink. And then I think other grocery stores started coming out with items and I just thought it was so cool how you could use it in so many different ways. You could use it in sweet ways, in savory ways. Not only that, it just evokes a sense of nostalgia for the season that I think so many people can relate to and love celebrating this time of year. I love that you said savory version of a pumpkin too, because I don't think people realize pumpkin is a squash. Absolutely. So it's part of the squash family and it's got that savory element that it can go really nicely in savory things. And of course the sweet things, which is how it kind of got its claim to fame. And on top of that, it's, it's a false superfood, very high in lots of good nutrition. Well, I like where you're going there because you're a registered dietitian. So I was hoping you could kind of help us understand the nutritional benefits of a pumpkin because there's a lot there. 
Absolutely. So because pumpkin is that beautiful orange color, it's packed with beta carotene, which is a precursor to vitamin A in our body. So pumpkin contains over 250% of your daily requirements for vitamin A, which is absolutely fantastic. Vitamin A is so important for our vision, our immune health, and so many other things, skin health. So that's great in and of itself. It also contains vitamin C and vitamin E and fiber and potassium. So not only are you adding tons of great flavor when you put it into a recipe, but you're getting that nutritional boost, which I think is a little underrated. It's awesome for the season. Yeah, there's so many great things you can do with it. I make a great chicken and pumpkin soup, actually, which is pretty Ooh. cool. My my clients love it. That sounds great. I'm going to need to try that. And then you can actually serve it inside the pumpkin if you want to get really non-functional garnishish. But hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm there. I love, you know, use the whole thing. Use it as a bowl. That's awesome. We could even take a Dremel and write your name on the side of the pumpkin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe it's going too far. Um, in, in your book, The Great Big Pumpkin Cookbook, you start off with a section called 25 Ways to Use a Can of Pumpkin. Only 25? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to stop myself there, but I'm sure that there's more than 25. So tell us about some of those ideas. Help me out here. You know, we often will use a can and maybe, you know, you use up the whole can for pie, but then if you use it for something else, you may not be using the whole thing. So, you know, I like to put a spoonful into my yogurt. I like to put a spoonful into oatmeal. I like to add some to smoothies. I like to obviously add it to soups and savory things like chilies and stews, pasta, pumpkin pasta, I think in the fall is just one of my favorites. One way that's a little unorthodox, but I absolutely love it is using it as a spread on a tortilla and sort of building a quesadilla on top of it. So you could do chicken, you could do spinach, any veggies that you have, then put another tortilla on top and then press it. So get it warm. It's an awesome pumpkin quesadilla. You've got my hamster wheel turning a lot right (laughs) now. I mean, there's definitely a chance I'm going to put some pumpkin puree on chicken when I roast it in the oven on uh, on a quesadilla, like you said, what a great idea. You could almost make a mole out of it, but using pumpkin, that's pretty cool. I, yeah, I like that sounds this. awesome. Let's talk about just incorporating some more. I know we, we touched on it a little bit, but there's so many other things. I just want to give people ideas of what they can do with pumpkin or pumpkin puree or that can of pumpkin into their everyday food. You talk about like a mustard vinaigrette. We talked about chili, pasta sauce. What about breakfast food, waffles? pancakes, stuff like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Adding a scoop to um, waffles or pancake mix is an easy way to up the nutrition and get you that really nice pumpkin flavor. Baked oatmeal for breakfast. That's a good one. As well as your you know, typical stovetop oatmeal for breakfast. I like making little breakfast bites um, with oats and canned pumpkin. And you could throw in some uh, pumpkin seeds, mini chocolate chips in there and kind of just roll it into a ball. And those make for a great snack or just with a cup of coffee. They're so nice this time of year. You know, I'm a big fan of pumpkin and baked goods as well. So I'll bake up some breakfast bars or pumpkin muffins, which are always so nice with a little bit of nut butter or frosting on top. And of course, pumpkin bread. How could we forget? Of course not. And how about meatballs? I love that. And it adds a lot of moisture too. So you're not, you know, stuck with this kind of dry, typical meatball, but super flavorful. And it's got that nice taste or even braising down a good, hearty, tough piece of meat you're going to braise for a couple hours, do it in a little red wine and pumpkin. I, I probably would be delicious. Absolutely. I love that. Love that idea. I'm telling you right now, Maggie, you've made a new friend in me, and everything <laughs> I make with pumpkin, I'm going to tag you on Instagram on, so you have to see it. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I, I love seeing different ways to use it. There are so many ways. The pumpkin possibilities are endless. 
it's also really easy to make your own homemade pumpkin puree. Yeah, for sure. So this time of year in the grocery stores, you often see pumpkins that are called pie or sugar pumpkins. They're kind of on the smaller side uh, because you really wouldn't be able to make pumpkin puree with like your typical jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. You need one of those smaller ones. Yeah. And so that's pretty simple to cut up and then roast in the oven and then throw that into a food processor and you've got your own homemade pumpkin puree. So really simple. And, and you can store that and use that for a little while. I was just thinking too, there's so many different varieties of a pumpkin you see all over the place. Even you can go from the size of big ones, the little ones, the green ones, the, the light white ones. How's the flavor differ in those pumpkins? I think I read somewhere that the bigger the pumpkin, the, the more it sort of loses that like flavor. So like, as I mentioned, like a jack-o'-lantern wouldn't be ideal for roasting, but some of those smaller ones, like the, the pie or the sugar pumpkins, and then more into the squash family are just those perfect, like they're, they're rich in flavor and, and great to use in recipes. You also talk a little bit about non-human food, things you can do with the pumpkins as well. Yeah. So I think um, pet owners might know this if you have a dog, um, that pumpkin is really good for dogs. And often your vet will recommend that if they have any tummy troubles to just give them a little bit of pumpkin puree. Um, so that's another great use for pumpkin puree. Also baking it into dog treats or like a little dog birthday cake is awesome. <laughs> and my dog loves it. So um, chances are your dog will too. Do you know if I told my wife that we were making the dog a birthday cake, what she would <laughs> say to me? <laughs> I know too that you're getting married here at the end of the month. Uh, congratulations on that. Are we looking at any pumpkin themes for the wedding? Do we, are you coming out of a giant pumpkin? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be pretty grand. I'm not coming out of a giant pumpkin, but I am incorporating some pumpkins into the decor, which I'm really excited about. So our guests will have a mini pumpkin and there will be some pumpkins sprinkled around. <laughs> Good for you. I love how you're doing <laughs> it. Pumpkins everywhere. Before I let you go, Maggie, I want our listeners to know that they can check out the three recipes from your book, The Great Big Pumpkin Cookbook, on our website, ctpublic.org slash recipes. And you can find recipes for roasted pumpkin seeds from your book, uh, a swirly pumpkin cheesecake, and uh, pumpkin turkey chili, one of my favorites because uh, I'm a big football fan. That's one of my favorites, too. And serving it into a pumpkin, like you said, would be super fun for the season. Yeah, absolutely. Maggie, thank you so much for your time today. We really, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Maggie Mahalchek is a registered dietitian and creator of the Once Upon a Pumpkin blog. She's also the author of the Great Big Pumpkin Cookbook. I'd like to go to her wedding and see all that pumpkin stuff. I mean, if you're going to be that much of a pumpkin lover, jump out of a pumpkin. Do it. Have have the husband come out. I don't know, something. Like maybe you walk through a pumpkin coming down the aisle. It's a I great love idea. It. I love it. Hey, listen, we would love to hear from you this hour about the ways you cook with pumpkin. What's one of the 25 ways you use that can of pureed <laughs> pumpkin? Call us up. The number is 203 203- 776-9677. And we may not be eating a heck of a lot of pumpkin outside of pie, you know, because it's a lot of pumpkin, pumpkin yeah. pie, right? But many of our listeners are drinking lots of pumpkin, or should we say that pumpkin spice? Which right you here. have, yes. <laughs> we reached out to Starbucks, the originators of the pumpkin spice latte, the, I'm air quoting, PSL. Mm-hmm. And they actually sent us a statement about their claim to fame coffee. Yes, you might all be happy to know that their PSL does, in fact, contain real pumpkin. 
From their statement, quote, PSL is made with real pumpkin and combines our signature espresso and steamed milk with the celebrated flavor combination of pumpkin, cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. Now, today, PSL is one of Starbucks' most popular seasonal beverages of all time. The most S- popular? Yes. Yeah. People talk about the PSL in, like, April. They're like, I can't yeah, wait I for so. my first PSL. Uh, but Starbucks, yeah, they say it's the most popular seasonal beverage of all time. They estimated that they have sold more than 500 million pumpkin spice lattes in the United States alone since 2003. <laughs> that is a ton of pumpkin spice lattes. Chew on that. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of floored by that. I didn't realize it was the popularity was that insane. Well, that's it is. So brace yourself. Well, before we go on to our next break here, I want to take one quick call. We've got Jeffrey on the line from New York City. Jeffrey, welcome to season. How are you today? Maybe we don't have Jeffrey with us. I'll have to try back in again after Jeffrey the is break. doing the math of how he contributed <laughs> to one of those 500 million yeah. PSLs. <laughs> Listen, if you have a question about the world of pumpkin spice, we're going to have answers for you because coming up after the break, a food scientist. Ooh. Yes, that's right. Uh, tell us how you're cooking with pumpkin, and we'll get your call as soon as we can. Plum, give them the number, please. Sure, give us a call at 203-776-9677 to join the conversation. I'm Chef Plum. You're listening to Seasoned, our monthly call-in live show, friends, all about pumpkins. We'll be right back. Stay right there. Welcome back to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. It's that Thursday of every month where we join forces, live and in person, socially distanced, of course, at our oh-so-fabulous Gateway Community College studio. Well, the best part about this is seeing you in person and just getting those lovely Marisol quotes in my ears face-to-face. Face-to-face. I love it. it. Face-to-face. It doesn't happen. I can see you when we talk, which makes it better. I mean, it's your funeral, but here we are. (laughs) Uh, If you missed our last segment, I was lamenting the fact that Plum who, if you're mm. new to the show, you should know that Plum has the most gorgeous hair on Aww, a human. Thank you. And it's always a beautiful color, except he he he's failing me because I was expecting some pumpkin orange hair. You'd like to be festive, seasonal. Autumnal. autumnal. I would like some autumnal follicles I from like, you. <laughs> don't use words I can't spell. <laughs> if you're not giving me an autumnal follicle, I don't even know why I am alive. Uh, listen, if you haven't guessed, we are talking about all things pumpkin and we're live yeah. so give us a call we'll, we're going to try to get to it as soon as possible the number is 203-776-9677 you know pumpkin spice seems to be a thing that goes around the world constantly like you said earlier in the show people start talking about it in april yeah. i'm drinking some right now i'm feeling festive everything feels great so i thought you know i, I was excited when we found out we were gonna have a food scientist oh, yeah. on who explain what pumpkin spice actually is. This is this is fascinating to me because I, I wanted to know, is pumpkin spice an actual thing? Animal, vegetable, mineral? Our next guest, Dr. Kantha Shelke, is joining via Zoom to help deconstruct pumpkin spice flavor for us. Let me tell you, she's a pro. She is a food scientist and principal at Corvus Blue in Chicago. She's a spokesperson for the Institute of Food Technologists and a senior lecturer at Johns Hopkins University. And one of her specialties is demystifying 
pumpkin spice <laughs> for all of us non-scientists. I would like to thank your parents, Dr. Shelke, for having you because this, th- you're going to set the record straight. Welcome to Seasoned. <laughs> Thank you, Marisol. Hello, Chef Blanc. How are you? Actually, my, my parents were very disappointed that I was going to be a food scientist. What? They thought I would be the person behind in the kitchen trying to come up with different concoctions so that the food would taste good. And they really were disappointed I wasn't going to be a chemist or a physicist what? of some kind because there's wow. a lot of science in, you know, and in a cooking, lot of chemistry sure. and a lot of biology that goes behind food and food flavor, yeah, especially behind pumpkin spice. I mean, as a chef, I couldn't agree more. There's tons of science behind it, even just simply understanding a pH scale, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff to make flavors taste good. But uh, Dr. Shelke, just to start right off the bat for us, can you tell us what exactly is pumpkin spice? When we taste pumpkin spice, what exactly are we tasting? So it depends on where you are tasting this pumpkin spice. Hmm. If you were tasting a little container of pumpkin spice, or if you were tasting a latte or a Mm -hmm. coffee or an ice cream, it is a very different thing. So pumpkin spice was the original mixture. And by the way, if you didn't know this, there's also a lot of history behind pumpkin spice. So pumpkin spice actually came out of um, uh, India. And this was from a, a long time ago where they they discovered that the Dutch East India Company went through all the Spice Islands, landed in India, and realized that there was this thing called pumpkin spice that would be very important for making the different kinds of products that the locals were using in their own products. Mm. So what is in pumpkin spice? It depends. It depends on whether it's the latte that Starbucks or Dunkin' um, Donuts is selling, or if it is someone who's made it at home, because what you put into it depends on what access where you, you have. Where to you get. So for, ex- for example, Chef Plum has a store-bought pumpkin spice, iced pumpkin spice latte. That's correct. In front of him. What can we try to ascertain is in this thing? So if I was speaking from it in a kitchen um, language, I would mm-hmm. say it's probably a mixture of cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, mace, clove, and allspice. Mm -hmm. But if I was a chemist, and a food chemist for that matter, and I've teamed up with a flavor chemist, then I know something else, that that mixture contains at least 350, if not more, flavor compounds. Wow. But then I also know that the human brain does not need all of those flavor compounds. You just need to give me 5 or 10% of that natural cornucopia and my brain, your brain, anybody's brain will fill in the rest. And so what major pumpkin spices use are a mixture with, now, are you ready for a chemistry lesson? Ceramic aldehyde from cinnamon, cinnamon, eugenol from clover or allspice, terpenes like sabonine from nutmeg, and zingiberine from ginger. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> you just brought me back to 10th grade <laughs> with Dr. Beth Lincoln, my chemistry teacher. I cannot ex- express it by the look of fear on Monica's face right now. She's just looking at me like, oh, God, is no, there going to be a test? <laughs> there's t- totally going to be a test. No, but I, I'm, I'm listening to you very intently, and it, it, 
it makes sense to me that, you know, a spice is not just a spice, that it, it has its origins. Um, but I wonder, you, you talked about the brain and how we process what we're tasting and our brain is sending sending us signals about what I might be tasting. And how does this make me loathe pumpkin spice, <laughs> but make someone oh, else love pumpkin spice? It has a lot to do with your experiences. So by themselves, these spice compounds or these compounds extracted from spices, because they're supposed to evoke a very appealing food flavor. Mm. It's the ingredients you would find in that caramelized, slightly burned, wood-fired flavor of a pumpkin that also has sugar and butter in it. If you like that, if you had holidays where people gathered around this freshly baked pie and dug into it, then it's great. But we've also done some research to see that you can actually take a pumpkin spice from the marketplace and go through some chemistry, use some chromatography and and liquid chromatography, gas chromatography, et cetera, and get all these ingredients, separate them out. And then when you give them to scientists, food scientists, flavor chemists, they smell it and they go, hmm, smells like pine resin or a wintry evergreen does not smell like a dessert. Right. So it's really a combination and skill that requires you to make it something that is rooted in the fabric of the fall season, mm. but it is also associated with sweet dishes like pumpkin pie or streusel toppings. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. If you have pumpkin spice questions for our food scientists, give us a call, 203-776-9677, right now to join the conversation. I've got Jeffrey on from New York City. Jeffrey, welcome to Season. What you got for the show today? Hey, how you doing? Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you guys, because I, I, uh, now I have an acronym for my favorite thing in the world, PSL. Nice. Yes. Uh, amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I just wanted to say how much I love pumpkin. Um, you know, one thing I love to do, I love to roast them whole. As soon as I start seeing pumpkins around, I like to gut them and uh, fill them with uh, herbs and, and grains and a little bit of stock and just roast it until it's like a delicious, savory dish. Interesting. That's a great way to do it, Jeffrey. We appreciate you. Thank you very much for calling in today. Yeah, pumpkin is great for cooking, I think, for sure. But one of the things I think is really interesting about the PSLs, as Jeffrey was talking about, Starbucks, you know, they did mention that they do actually, Doctor, have real pumpkin in their pumpkin spice flavor. I think Starbucks did that because um, a few consumer activists sort of came up and said, that's not really pumpkin spice. It contains no pumpkin. To appease them, they added a little pumpkin. And then they found out Mm. something else. The carbohydrates and the components of pumpkin are perfect for making that latte, that coffee, or even if they add it to a tea, um, it makes it smooth. It gives it a roundedness of the flavors, and it gives it a, what we call mouthfeel. So it makes the coffee or the latte appear richer just yeah. from the viscosity of it without adding to its calories. So you don't have to add as much cream into it, but you can get that flavor. So what Starbucks did was brilliant. And is that that very idea that you just mentioned um the the richness and the frothiness is that why it is hard to replicate what you might buy at a chain store versus making it at home exactly it is what you put into it and then how you treat it which is how you process it whether you whip it you froth it um how what temperature you heat it so that this 
all the ingredients, the components react together to give a very harmoniously blended concoction. And by the way, it takes, as I said, a lot of chemistry, a lot of science to make sure you make this consistently time and time again. So for that person who yearns for it in April, who comes back in September to get the first pumpkin latte, it's exactly what they tasted last year and the year before. You wouldn't get these from spices, but you would get it from flavor chemistry, where it replicates the combined effect of the spices when baked together with pumpkin, with cream, eggs, butter, and sugar. Yeah, absolutely. It is about the mouthfeel. I couldn't agree more. And I want to hear, and Marisol wants to hear, mm-hmm. about what you do with your pumpkins, about what kind of pumpkin drinks you like, what kind of pumpkin drinks you dislike. Give us a call at 203-776-9677. Um, doctor, before we uh, uh, go to our boots on the ground, so to speak, our baristas on hold to talk to us a little bit, I got to ask you, uh, what, as a food scientist, is your fall coffee order? Uh, are you into like spicy pumpkin food drinks or, or or simple or is there something that changes with the seasons? What's your fall coffee order? Oh, I'm a Puritan. I just <laughs> like really good coffee and nothing else. No sugar, no cream, no nothing else. But with pumpkin spices, because I come originally from India, I can tell you that that particular spice is the core of our celebrations, but in a different way. So in the West, we associate pumpkin spice with something sweet. But in the East, we put it in our meats, in our mm. pilavs, our um, tandoori chicken type of products where the meats now take on a very nice aroma, but are also slightly sweet. So that's what I love. And also our desserts, baklava, for example, mm. is a version of pumpkin spice. I love it. Uh Just to remind our listeners, we are live and taking your calls. We're talking all things pumpkin. So if you have a pumpkin question or a pumpkin tidbit, we'd love to hear it. Call us at 203-776-9677. Kanta, stay on the line with us for a moment because we love having a food scientist uh, with us. (laughs) But we do want to bring in, yeah, we want to bring in someone via Zoom. Yeah. A little more local yokel. Well, it's boots on the ground to get that good feel, that real feeling. It's of... gourds on the ground. <laughs> nice. I see you, you like you that? there. I'm nice. a wordsmith. That was yes. amazing. That was amazing. Joining us now via Zoom is Sophia Poli, assistant manager at Doro Marketplace and Cafe in West Hartford, and barista Victoria Farrow. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us today. We are excited to talk to you guys. We cannot wait. I'm trying to think of how many more pumpkin or squash or gourd tons. jokes I can make that you've already There's done. Tons, That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Uh, first, I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, we understand that uh, your pumpkin pie flavor syrup based, it, it, it's based from an importer in France. Is that right? And Yes, it is. And so there's like, you know, pumpkin drinks and pumpkin spice drinks, but your stuff comes, just tell the story about it. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. So, Starting around, I'd say early August, we had a bunch of guests just requesting pumpkin and pumpkin, asking if we were going to have it for the season. Um, We did have it last year, but it wasn't quite perfected to the point that it is now. Uh, I shopped around for a few different types of syrups. We decided on one that is imported from France. I think it is just the best option for us. I think a lot of shops in the area, a lot of local smaller shops, they do make their own syrup using real pumpkin. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. But I do think that there is something to be said for the imported syrups, the already made syrups that are just perfectly, perfectly perfected. 
how much of the syrup do you think you guys go through? Hmm. We go through, oh, I'd say at least like a bottle a day. Oh, yeah. For sure. like how, big, day. how big is that bottle? It's a liter. Holy yeah. moly. By the way, are you, got, are, you, are you gals at the shop? What's happening behind you? Yes, we are here. We are a little behind the scenes at the moment. Love it. Yeah, but no, we're we're here, and I um I actually was up there earlier, you know, and a lot of pumpkin drinks coming through. Yeah. Um, we had early, I'd say probably August or even a little before that, people asking about, you know, when we're gonna have our pumpkin drinks and whatnot. Um, so you know, there's a lot of excitement around the pumpkin um, lattes. Yeah, pumpkin lattes are definitely a thing. We actually learned it's uh, PSLs. That's yes. the actual term for it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, PSL. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we want to hear your stories, uh, listeners, about what your pumpkin stories are, your pumpkin recipes are, your pumpkin drinks. Give us a call. Uh, the number is 203-776-9677. Uh, we've got Sherry from Hampton calling us with a fantastic drink idea. Sherry, welcome to Seasoned. Hi, how are you? We are doing Great. fantastic. I love your idea. I'm seeing it on my computer screen right now. I'm dying for you to say it. <laughs> pumpkin martini. Yeah. Not the pumpkin martini. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's in the pumpkin martini that you like? So um, if you bake a sugar pumpkin, um, save a couple of scoops out of it. And by scoops, just like whatever fits in the palm of your hand kind of size. Okay. And put in the Ninja Blender and add rum chata. And um, you can add um, vanilla flavor lo- uh, vodka and then just a bunch of ice, and that's it. And just blend it until it becomes very, very foamy and frothy, and it tastes like you're drinking the center of a pumpkin pie. Oh, wow. my gosh. I am. Thank you for that so much, Sherry. I am 100% going to be a pumpkin teeny guy. That's a pumpkin teeny. Yeah, uh, that's uh, our producer, Katie, just texted us a pumpkin teeny, <laughs> which uh, I thought was a great idea. Um, Sophia, ever had a pumpkin teeny? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I need to make one now. Oh, my gosh. That sounds it's quite sounds, unique. It sounds very appropriate. You know, I, I feel like the PSL, I feel very hip when I call it the PSL. That's pumpkin <laughs> spice are. latte yeah. for the kids at home. Um, I feel like it's become very in vogue. I'd say like in the past, I don't know, six or seven years. And I wonder for for you girls, um, uh, Sophia and Victoria, when do you start prepping for the onslaught of people coming in saying, okay, I'm ready for my pumpkin spice latte? When do you start that prep work? I was kind of doing research throughout the year. And I, I saw some new syrups were available and I was kind of testing them throughout. I was also introducing the different syrups to our baristas, seeing if it would work for them, if they liked it, if they enjoyed it. And same thing going with the regulars that I know um, I've seen a lot of and they do have great opinions that I can trust. So kind of researching throughout the year. So where do you stand on the pumpkin spice flavor spectrum? Uh, Are you team pumpkin or do you just kind of wish people get over it and move on? So I'm um, personally, I, I'm a fan of the pumpkin um, spice lattes. I, I like ours. Ours is a pumpkin pie, so it's a little bit of a twist on the pumpkin spice latte. But um, I, I like pumpkin. I think it's and it's just about really feeling like, you know, the fall. It, it's, it's really nice to kind of feel included in that. So I think that has a big part of it as well. But it's very comforting to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm pro pumpkin. <laughs> okay. Pro pumpkin. I like it. Are both of you pro pumpkin? 
I would say I'm more on the neutral side. And I I'm sorry, that... tell, just tell us your, who to introduce yourself again because you were since you're new to the show, we want to make sure we know who's Victoria and who's uh, right, Sophia. Um, I'm I'm uh, Victoria, the one that was talking about the I'm the pro pumpkin, so okay. that's me, Victoria. Okay. All right, and I'm Sophia. I'm more kind of pumpkin neutral. Okay. Um, I think it's a really great way for people to get into all of those more seasonal drinks like right now we have a few different seasonal drinks that are different a few different baristas and myself have developed throughout the year we have one classic drink it's a honey nut latte so it's a honey oat milk and a little bit of hazelnut we also have a kind of like a london fog but it's with cinnamon tea uh, it's called the red hot fog right now we have a spice white mocha and we also have a dark chocolate um mocha that we have as a special just for this week just for this week. One week Just only. Just for this week. That's it. Yes. So it is in um, conjunction with the New England Ballet. And a portion of the proceeds are going to um, to benefit them. They are doing a um, Edgar Allan Poe themed ballet this oh. week. It's called the uh, the Dark Soul uh, Mocha. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Yep. Before we go to our, our next break, unfortunately, I have to ask Victoria one quick question. Victoria, does anybody ever whisper to you kind of their their pumpkin drink or they got like embarrassed to say it or are people proud like i'll have the pumpkin latte oh my goodness i was just talking about this with sophia but i think there's somewhat of a stigma around it whereas it's like people don't want to come off as like basic if you want to say you know for the it being like a trend people are kind of like a little ashamed of it almost when they're ordering it they're like you know they're kind of shy and i'm like oh it's okay i'm not gonna judge you i mean i like pumpkin too so i think people are a little bit hesitant at first they think i'm gonna judge them but i I don't judge anybody and then on the opposite side of the spectrum i think we have the people that are just going all in they have the pumpkin latte they have Mm -hmm. the pumpkin danish yeah wow um, pumpkin pies available for pre-order for thanksgiving they will be getting a handful of pumpkin pies i i assume oh yes yes they just burst in the door and i will have everything pumpkin in the building Pumpkin, exactly. on pumpkin on pumpkin. Right. <laughs> well, Sophia and Victoria, we hereby christen you for now and forever as the official seasoned pumpkin correspondents. We thank you for your time Aww. and energy. Thank you so much thank for the title. Thank you. That's right. And uh, Katha, thank you so much for coming on. You are our, our official food scientist. We feel like we've learned so much from you. Reach out to me anytime. I'd absolutely love it. And by the way, just know, McCormick Spice Company created pumpkin pie spice in 1934. Look at that. It's a short cost. Yep. And they sell almost 95% spice blend between August and November. Just know that if you want it. (laughs) Thank you. Reach out anytime for science and history. There is no end. Sophia Poli and Victoria Farrow joined us from Doral Marketplace and Cafe in West Hartford. And Dr. Kantha Shelke, food scientist with a resume from here to next Tuesday. She is our resident food scientist. They joined us this hour, and we are so very, very thankful for their time and energy. But we're live which means you guys better give us a call. And we're going to take one more short break here. Coming up after the break, we talk to a fourth-generation farmer from Castle Hill Farm in Newtown about the farm's pick-your-own pumpkin patch. I'm Marisol Castro. The number is 7203-776-9677. Share your pumpkin tradition with us right after the break.
Welcome back to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. If you're joining us, we're live this week and talking about pumpkins. Do you have a favorite pumpkin farm in the state? Somewhere you take your kids every year that gives you all the fall feels? Call us. Tell us about it. The number is 203-776-9677 to shout out your pumpkin patch on the air. You can do it just like our friend Liz on the phone right now. Liz, welcome to Seasoned. You've got a great story for us, it looks like. Yeah. Hi. Uh, I'm calling with some facts about the giant pumpkin growing industry. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wait, there's an industry for giant pumpkin growing? Well, I guess I wouldn't call it industry. It's more of a hobby. I'd call it a lifestyle. A pumpkin lifestyle. Tell us a little bit about the largest pumpkin ever grown. Yeah. So so I'm currently about to marry my fiance, Alex Noel, who has grown the largest pumpkin ever grown in Connecticut. He did this in 2019. And the current weight record is 2,294 and a half pounds. Holy, Holy gourd. Holy mo- Oh, I like that <laughs> <one>. Thank you. <laughs> wow, that's massive. That's wow. incredible. How long was that thing, how long was your fiancé growing this gourd? And how does one weigh a 2,000-pound pumpkin? <laughs> it's all very complicated. So the pumpkin was alive for about 100 days. The plant was alive for a little bit longer than that. This is all in under a year, though, just a growing season. And the way that you lift it. You have to put a pallet underneath it, and then it's very stressful. But you have to basically like use this seat, but like a whole series of seat belts that you kind of strap it in, and then you lift it with a giant tractor. Wow, this is incredible. So <laughs> let me let me ask you something, Liz. You you decide, okay, yeah. we're gonna grow we're gonna grow a pumpkin. We're okay. gonna grow a massive pumpkin. Is there a special seed? Do you know like mm. this is the one that's gonna give me the mambo pumpkin? Right or you're you like how I I'm I need to know I have how do you questions. get there from being a regular pumpkin to saying this is going to be the giant pumpkin? Yeah, or was it just like oh yeah. we're going to plant this pumpkin and then a year later you're like oh my lanta yeah I have a two thousand pound gourd. <laughs> so it's a highly specialized hobby. So basically, Alex is in a club. It's the Southern New England Giant Pumpkin Growers Club. It's very famous, and they all trade seeds. So they. If somebody grows a 2,000-pound pumpkin, they'll trade a seed. And in that way, they're able to study each year, maximize the genetics to have the largest pumpkin possible per year. So it is a special seed. They're not really that much bigger than a regular seed, though. Like, they're, like, only slightly larger. Wow. This is all very fascinating. This is, first of all, I've learned something. Tell us the name of the, 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 the club. Yeah. It's called the Southern New England Giant Pumpkin Growers. The Southern New England giant, giant pumpkin growers. As opposed to the Southern New England... Tiny pumpkin growers. Or just yes, pumpkin regular. growers. Right. That could be three yeah. different clubs. Um, I got to ask you, congratulations on your wedding. Uh, just curious, are you going to have any pumpkins or a giant pumpkin at the wedding? See, this is where the big question. So I actually opted to have the wedding in the summer because I don't want to be competing with his other love, pumpkins. Ah. So. Unbelievable. Well, listen, in the prenup, you better put, it's me... Or the gourd. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Liz, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That was you get caller of the day. That was awesome. One hundred percent. Thank you. Wow, a giant pumpkin. Who would have ever thought that? So if you listen to Seasoned, you know we pull a local farmer into the conversation every chance every we chance. get. This week we're talking about pumpkins and we've got a fourth generation pumpkin farmer, Stephanie Paprosky Kearns, on with us via Zoom. Hi Stephanie. Hi. Happy to be here. So excited that you're here. You and your parents run Castle Hill Farm in Newtown. We're all fall long. The farm is a pumpkin paradise. I love it. I went to your farm actually once, but it was before the pumpkins were ready. And um, 
it's a beautiful farm, I have to say. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. My parents work very hard, so I, it's a big any sort of farm work. Hard work. It's hard. Lots and lots of work. Steph, uh, we're excited to have you on the show and talk pumpkins. And I knew that if there was one person who could talk pumpkins, it would definitely be you. You guys grow more than 40 different varieties of pumpkins and gourds on the farm. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, between pumpkins and gourds, uh, there are so many variations of everything. That Yeah, we, about 40 40 plus is a good estimate. <laughs> and like each person in the family kind of has their favorite, right? Oh, definitely. Uh, just an example. Uh, there's so many different varieties of a, what we call a face pumpkin, which is your typical orange carving pumpkin. But okay. my dad's favorite is called a wolf pumpkin. It's a huge pumpkin and has this really heavy, thick stem to it. Um, oh, wow. My favorite is the Cinderella pumpkin, mm. which is a cute little white or pink flat pumpkin. Um, I've seen those, actually. Yeah. Those are really I cute. love those. Yeah, those are really those, cute. I feel like those have become more popular recently. Yeah. Um, Steph, I don't, I don't know if you heard Steph, but there's a uh, giant pumpkin group you can join if you're interested. The Southern New England. <laughs> that. We actually had an advisor come from uh, the, the from Yukon, and we call him Pumpkin Matt, and he's actually part of that group. Oh, wow. Um, at uh, one of the heaviest pe- pumpkins at the Big E this year. How about so. that? How about that? Now, it's all the pumpkins on the farm, you guys grow them, right? Most all of our pumpkins we do grow. Yeah, we actually had a pretty difficult growing season. Uh, you would call it an unfavorable weather conditions uh, with all the rain and everything we had. So the pumpkins were really stressed. So we did order some pumpkins in from local farms around here. We have a right. friend up in Woodbury that has a farm as well at DeSante's farm. So we ordered some pumpkins from them, but most of the pumpkins here we do grow ourselves. How How is farming pumpkins different than, say, farming tomatoes or green beans or or something else? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, you know, all plants that you grow are different. There is a lot of similarities with growing pumpkins in comparison to, like, your cucumber and squash plants. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the same techniques are involved. You know, your vegetables, you start a little bit earlier in the season because you want to harvest them all summer long. So those are planted usually in, you could start them indoors and then plant them outside in May after the last frost. But your pumpkins, you plant typically, or we plant typically um, at the end of June. And it takes about 90 to 100-ish days uh, for the plants to fully mature. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it takes a lot. So your pumpkins don't just come in fall (laughs) when it's pumpkin. And we're growing them all all year long. Um, and there's a lot that goes into it. I think my parents, uh, my dad is the pumpkin guy. And he, you know, you have to spray pesticides and herbicides and fungicides. Oh, my gosh. And then be at the mercy of weather. Mercy of weather. Oh, my gosh. This year, again, unfavorable weather with all this rain. We actually had a sub pump out in our field because oh we're gosh. at the wow. bottom of the hill. <laughs> and we were pumping, physically pumping water out of the field this year to try to save most of the plants. Oh, my How goodness. About How about that? And if you want to get your questions in about pumpkins, give us a call. The number is 203-776-9677. Uh, we got a call from Lynn in Cheshire. Lynn, welcome to Season. What you got for the show today? Hi, I just had uh, one comment about the things that I make. One of one of the things is pumpkin smoothie, and the other is pumpkin pie. But I always do both of them with fresh pumpkin as opposed yeah. to canned, because I think it makes it so much better. And so my question is, are there other things that really benefit from using fresh over canned pumpkin? 
Hmm. Other things that benefit from using fresh over canned pumpkin. Uh, Steph, do you have any thoughts on that? Or I can chime in there, of course, too, if you like. Oh. I mean, I would say as the non-chef, yeah, but someone who going. knows her way around cooking, I always up for fresh. Of course, absolutely. And fresh is always the way to go. You can roast the pumpkin. If you cut the pumpkin and you know, clean it out like yep. you normally would, cut it in quarters. I put a touch of oil on it, a pinch of salt, and roast it in the oven. And then you can just scoop it right out, and you can store that in your refrigerator for a long time. Uh, and it's great for making, you know, like you said, pumpkin smoothies, right. pumpkin pies. But I also add a bunch to biscuits and make pumpkin biscuits that are really, really simple to do as well. But what are you using for the pumpkin biscuits? Are you using the guts or... Or are you scraping the f- inside flesh of that pumpkin? And I hate saying the word flesh. That's on the fine. Radio. No, no, no. Weird, I, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, Steph, that's the right terminology, right? The inside flesh. Yeah, I, I would use that terminology. I was also going to say, cooking wise, if you were to cook a sugar pumpkin, the way that my mom cooks them, and this is kind of like the farmer way of cooking them, we just kind of break the stem off and pop the whole pumpkin yeah. without or anything right in the oven. And again, yeah, same thing, Plum. We use the I would say, again, the flesh of the pumpkin yeah. for most of our recipes. That's fantastic. It just steams on the inside there, and right. you can slice it open. What a great way to do it. You know, I like to hollow the pumpkins out, actually, sometimes as well. Um, it's not the pumpkins, uh, the farmer's way, but you can put a whole small chicken inside that pumpkin, season it up with salt and pepper, put the top back on the pumpkin you cut off. Like a jack-o'-lantern. You got it, and roast the entire chicken inside the pumpkin in the oven. It comes that out amazing. That is happening. Yeah, it's wow. delicious. Wow. So, so take, like, a pumpkin that I can buy at my grocery store. Right. Or from the farm. You can go to or Castle from, Hill or Farm. from the farm. Great Hello. Spot. After all that hard work, how dare I? Sorry, Steph. And <laughs> chop off the top, take out the guts, yep. prep my my chicken, put it back into the... Inside the pumpkin itself. Yep. The whole thing inside the, the, the pumpkin. Put the top back on the pumpkin you cut off. Put it in your oven about 400 degrees for about an hour and a half or so. Comes out amazing. And you get a side dish with the inside, here's that word again, flesh of that pumpkin. Is our that caller listening? <laughs> Still... <laughs> Because I hope he's taking notes. It's getting a little crazy there with the pumpkin stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I love the farmer's method of stuff. I'm going to try that. I've never done that. Oh, it's so easy. We cook it like a baked potato, basically. Ah. So you can do that with your butternut squashes, your acorn squash. Uh, I don't know if, Palm, have you ever had a carnival squash? Those are so sweet. Hmm. Um, but it's kind of like your acorn squash. I haven't, and I think that's something I should definitely More than we're do. Our pumpkin patch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Steph, can you talk a little bit about the community that keeps the farm thriving? I mean, the generations of families that ring in every fall by coming to the farm, taking the hayride. I mean, the festival is just so fun. But talk a little bit about how the community supports it and how they keep coming back for more. Sure. Um, I can actually start with your family, Plum, who helped us plant our pumpkins by hand in our two acres this year. But when the pumpkins grow, we actually let the guests come and pick the pumpkins right off the vine. And that is such a popular activity right now with families because people love to show their children um, and, and older adults, too, where the fruit and the pumpkin actually come from. So we have a big agritourism business at our farm, uh, the pick your own pumpkin patches where we began. And then we started leading up. We now do a seven acre corn maze. We have a hayride adventure that takes guests out to feed the cows right off the wagon. We have a herd of cows in the field. Hmm. Um, We've expanded and we have a pumpkin catapult. It's a trebuchet. It's amazing, but we launch pumpkins um small children that misbehave i'm kidding (laughs) all of those things Uh, i love the community aspect of it that's that's fantastic i love how everybody comes back yeah Yeah, absolutely they're a big reason of how we're able to support our farm in today's world 
Steph, we couldn't thank you enough for joining us here. This has been so fun learning all about these different types of pumpkins. I'm going to find a carnival squash. That's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and I'm, I know where I'm going to go get my pumpkin. Good. Good, 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 <laughs> good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We want to thank all our guests this hour. Don't forget, we have three recipes from the Great Big Pumpkin Cookbook on our site right now. Roasted pumpkin seeds, pumpkin cheesecake, and a pumpkin turkey chili. You'll find pumpkin biscuits from Mr. Chef Plum hey, himself. Hey. Go to ctpublic.org slash recipes. Seasoned is produced by Robin Doyen-Aiken, and special thanks today to Katie Tolarski and Jean Amatruda. I'm Chef Plum. And I'm Marisol Castro. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>